Welcome to Harpen on Rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano, and joining me to offer an opposition view for the Sharks ahead of Saturday's URC clash at the RDS is someone making their second appearance. A warm welcome back to Mr. A.P. Cronje. Welcome, sir. Thanks so much for having me back, Jeff. Uh, really, really happy to be here. No problem. Great, great having you back on. Well, listen, um, before we get to the Sharks, uh, we had John in uh, April, just before the Leinster went down to South Africa for our the two match two match tour, and we were talking about how the competition was being perceived in South Africa, you know, brand new, you know, new coat of paint and everything and new teams and new look and everything. And, you know, obviously it was getting more positive since since Christmas, since obviously results were getting a bit better. And obviously since we spoke, they got even better again. Um, you had three teams in the playoffs, two into the final, and obviously the Stormers went on to win it. So obviously it was going to be a much better image. But I mean, is that is that in general, is that how it's being seen down there? Is it, is it a net positive um outlook for the competition yeah i'd say absolutely you've hit the nail on the head there last time we spoke it was just it was as you say the south african teams were starting to gain a bit of traction they were starting to to build a bit of momentum and obviously that necessitates fan buy-in as well um but i think south african rugby public is crying out for something new and obviously for the teams to be successful it's just really brought them around even more so to the urc so no, I think it's being perceived really, really well. I think I listened to a podcast the other day with uh, John Dobson, who's obviously the, the head coach of the Stormers. And from a coach's perspective, they are you know thrilled with the competition, um, not just from a rugby perspective, but also as a, as a product, which is something that we need to keep in mind as well, um, particularly <laughs> given the backdrop of what's going on in, in, in England as well currently and, and just in the wider rugby world. But um but yeah, I mean, they're really thrilled to be to be part of it. Um, and I think that there's been a lot of excitement, particularly after obviously the Stormers were so successful last time around. Um, but no, I, in general, South African public have really bought into it, uh, are really enjoying it. And I think it's been good to see, although it's it's sort of its embryonic stages of the tournament the second time around, we're seeing not quite that disparity between the North and South in terms of, you know, the opening rounds last time, the South African sides couldn't buy a win. So uh, it's been nice from a South African perspective, at least, to see them come up, come up here and get some, get some results. And fair play to you for not mentioning the Bulls uh, beating Leinster. You had, uh, you had good opportunity uh, to, 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 to bring that up at some stage. But uh, no, seriously, the, uh, the season, our season was actually literally bookended by the Bulls. And I think that that story sort of gives an idea of how the season went. I mean, the opening day of the season, the Bulls didn't have a lot of their internationals and we had a comfortable win at the Aviva. And uh, the other teams took a while to get off the ground as well. But then by the end of the season, they were, you know, they, they had come into a vein of form. They had their their best players back and they really showed what they could do and they came to the RDS and just basically did a number on us and it was a brilliant game they beat they won fair and square and it was a, it was a, there were two great semi-finals that led to it to, to a great final so um that was well done you know so uh, you know fair fair play to the Bulls and it was it and you know obviously unlucky in the final but it was still a good run overall yeah no absolutely I'd agree but uh having having said that now we'll get on to the Sharks but I can't have you on without talking a little bit about the Springboks uh because obviously after all after the uh the URC you know finished the first season we went into a, a, a the, the test window and from a fan's point of view all the northern v southern hemisphere uh series were were exciting and the rugby championship was exciting um, for 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 the wider fans, but obviously, what was it like from a South African perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's been an intriguing season so far. I think that it does feel a bit stop-start. It feels a bit two steps forward, one step back from a South African perspective. You know, obviously, the Wales series snuck the first game, didn't play very well, lost the second game with a completely different side, then, you know, went on to win the series in the third match, and sort of that was, you know, job done, tick. But 
the rugby championship, I think, was frustrating for a lot of South African fans. I, I've not seen them as dominant against the All Blacks as they were in that first game in, in Nelspreet and Mombella. They, I think they have played them completely off the park. Um, and it just really looked like a cohesive and, um, and you know, just a complete performance. And then to then go down and, and lose in the next match the week later was, was really frustrating because you, you felt that here was a chance to build some momentum. And then they compounded that, of course, by losing the first heads against Australia, um, also playing a pretty, pretty terrible performance, to be honest. Um, but then when, went on a bit of a run, uh, obviously winning with a bonus point in the second test against Australia and then the two victories back to back against the Boomers, who this year were sort of, I don't want to say the surprise package, but, you know, the win in, in New Zealand was massive for them and they've come on and leaps and bounds. So from a South African perspective, it's kind of a, a weird juncture at the moment. And I think the end of year will be the real litmus test to see where they are as a side, particularly going against the best side in the world, is Ireland at the moment, and then the probably the favourites to win the, the World Cup, you know, France. So it'll be really interesting to see. Those two tests are going to be completely critical, I think. And the, the season kind of hinges on it. I think we've definitely seen developments in, in, in the Springbok team, particularly on attack. Um, you know, the last three tests having scored, you know, I think four or five tries in each of them was, was an impressive display from a team which is usually quite conservative in the way that they that they attack. Um, but similarly, there have been lingering issues as well within the squad. So, I mean, the jury's out slightly and, and maybe we'll chat again in a few months after the November internationals and then we can we can really, really decide where we are as a, as a team. Yeah, I mean, that game against Ireland, I mean, it's it, it, like you say, it, it, there's a lot of hinge on it, hinges on it for us as well, because I mean, we had our win in New Zealand, but we obviously want to build on that. And it's and it, the way this match just sits, it's like straight into it. There's no warm up. There's no nobody plays a, a test match a couple of weeks or two before the sides get together and it's out on that pitch in the Aviv and two sides going at it who are also meeting in the World Cup uh, a year later as well so there's a lot a lot riding on that game and it's it's a lot to look forward to so I might be uh, I might be getting on to you again maybe for a little chat around, around that time as well you never know but um, <laughs> listen that's the test that's the test sure. but we, we want to talk about um, want to talk about this Saturday now against the Sharks now um, we talked about the the effect of the URC and obviously the Bulls and the Stormers got to the final but from a Sharks perspective when we spoke in April you were saying how you know uh, what an impressive lineup they had and how many internationals you know Carisi, Che and and all them and uh, they've obviously added to that and they've had the investment from Rock Nation and all that kind of stuff going into the building of their team so I suppose although you know, they, they got to the quarterfinals and it was basically a, a drop goal in like the, the, the hundredth minute or something uh, by Chris Smith uh, got, got the Bulls um, into the semifinal there. So they were they, they came as close as they possibly could. But that could have that might have still been a disappointment as positive as the season was overall. So the Sharks may have expected to have done better. Yeah, look, I think with the um, lineup, with the roster that they have, you know, I think the fans are now getting a bit weary of of being the bridesmaids and not the bride. I think that they they have a, a right to feel that they should really be challenging for at least you know a final a final spot with the, the investment and the squad they have. And they've only strengthened themselves in in the off season. Really, they've brought in some really astute coaching talent. Uh, they've brought in the the Bulls' defensive coach, who is now actually going to be one of the SAA coaches on the end of year tour. Um, 
and they brought in the the, the former head of um, the the South African Sevens coaching setup. So they they strengthen themselves on the pitch and and off the pitch. You know, we've got big names like Ivan Etzebeth joining as well. They've poached a few Lions players, Carly Sadi, Vincent Chistuka has joined them as well. So they they really, if they had no excuses last year, they have uh, they have fewer excuses now. Um, but you know, it's it games aren't won on paper, and I think that the the issues that were present last season about trying to find cohesion, trying to find form, trying to find momentum are are still present. And I think I know it's very early stages. They've only played two games and they've won both of them, but it, it has been far from convincing. Let's say. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're going to get onto that. Uh, they they started now. We started away to Zebra Parma, and uh, they gave us a real run for our money. Got two bonus points. Uh, and uh, very nearly could have very nearly won it. It was almost like deja vu watching uh, the Sharks play there the following week because almost exactly the same thing happened on the same ground. Um, it ended up, uh, what, 42-37, and there was a possible try right at the end. Uh, Zebra could have pinched that. So, um, But they still got the win. They got the maximum points. Now, they didn't actually play in, in week one. They were, they, were, they were down to play the Stormers, but that's been moved to February. So um, they're kind of a game behind. But then in week three, they had an interesting game at, uh, against the Dragons. That was um, that was another one that was, I mean, I wasn't actually watching it, but I literally had to stop what I was doing because I saw that the, the Dragons were were like two tries ahead or something, like going into the final 10, 15 minutes. So I, I found my way to a telly to get those last few minutes. And the Sharks, they, they found a way to pull it out of the bag. Yeah, and I think that's something they'll take heart from. Um, particularly because in their first game against Zebra, as you mentioned, they were a little bit ambushed. They got off to an absolute flyer and they looked completely dominant. And they sort of, I think, probably went into their shells a bit and thought this is going to be one-way traffic. Uh, and then Zebra, who are a quality side um, and actually have shown it, uh, you know, as you said, against Leinster as well, they really, really came back at them and, and probably can feel a bit unlucky that they didn't snatch it at the end. But then I think that, again, in, in that match against Dragons, I think when they went 19-6 down with, with not a lot of time left to play, it would have been very easy for, for people to start getting panicked and, and for that to be game over. But they'll take a lot of lessons and they'll, and they'll take a lot of positives from the fact that they managed to dig deep in that situation and then eventually eventually snatch a 2019 victory against the Dragons, who again have been a bit of a surprise package in the early stages of the of the URC this season. I think it's been it's been great seeing teams like uh, Benetton, who've been on the upward curve for the last few years now, but also Dragons and, and Zebra, you know, pushing pushing sides that we would usually expect to be uh, stronger than them um, really, really close. You mentioned the, 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 the kind of the personnel that uh, the Sharks have, and they bought in these um, even more players like Edzabeth into the, into the mix. But it seems that this Turing squad... Um, isn't quite that. They, 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 they might have left out a few. Obviously, a lot of them have been playing the rugby championship, whatever. So they do need a, they, they get a breakdown again, whatever. But, you know, there's still names in that team, like especially there's a back three with people like Werner Koch and uh, Afafeli, um, Fassi. I mean, they're always going to be able to to get tries at any stage of the game if you if you kick to them and you're not accurate. But um, there's, there's there's some interesting names like this out half, uh, Boita Chamberlain. Do you know much about him? Yeah, so Boita Chamberlain has been pretty much sharks through and through. He's come through the genius structures, um, was playing alongside Evan Russ, who's now obviously gone back to the Stormers in the under-21 setup. So under-21 setup, uh, Evan Russ actually left Western Province, came to the Sharks, uh, that didn't really work out. He was lured back to the Cape, but they played in that same under-21 side for the Sharks that was very talented. So he's long been touted as an up-and-comer and really um, he's been playing behind Kerwin Bosch, who's currently injured. And so now the doors sort of opened up for him. I think 
Last season, we saw glimpses. He hit those three drop goals um, against, I want I want to say it was actually against the Dragons, um, which sort of brought him, well, propelled him to, to, to wider knowledge, even within South Africa. But I think that the feeling within the Sharks community is that it's very much his time uh, to, to have a shot. So him getting an extended run at 10 is, is, is good for him. And I think it's good for the Sharks as well, because I think he's very much a player for the future and, and probably will really want to stake a claim for that starting fly-off jersey, even when we have the the injury um, injured players returning like Kerwin Bosch and Lionel Cronier. And um, obviously, you know, play, playing Leinster, like when we, we went down there last season, um, we, we were doing well in Europe and uh, we didn't send... I think I remember you saying you don't like even calling it a B team because it isn't really. It's 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 still going to be a strong lineup, uh, whatever Leinster stands down. But we we did hold players back ourselves there, and uh, we we came away with losing bonus point in both matches. I think, unfortunately, I think that that tour was the best part of our season last year because um, because it was good experience for these younger players. Um, they 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 got the experience of playing against these these big sides, uh, big experienced sides with 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 big names. And um, but from the Sharks' point of view, I mean they they got they got the victory against us, but um, they'll be extra motivated. I say having now played um, Zebra and the Dragons, whatever. But now they're going to the RDS. They're playing Leinster and they're playing one of the one of the top sides and it's a side that's won the league. So it must be a big motivation for them now to to kind of round off their tour. Yeah, I mean absolutely with no. No disrespect to the to, to the dragons and to zebra, but this would be the game that the sharks have been targeting. You know, they'll know, and they would have known from the start when the touring party was announced that they'd be without some of the uh, some of their you know starters. Uh, obviously, you've got guys like Mopempi, Lacanya Amazon, Jusia Kalisi's not there. You know, but the list goes on. But but that's not to say that the team that they've sent is weak. I mean, you look at what's likely to be their starting front row, and they've got Thomas Tuae and and Tutum Kunu both of whom uh, are Springboks, capped Springboks, and uh, and particularly uh, in the case of Thomas Dutoy, I thought he was probably the best performing prop in South Africa domestically in the URC last season. So there's plenty of quality in that side still, and they'll be really, really up for this for this game. I think with Leinster's success over the course of the, the tournament, they're very much there to be shot at, and teams know that, and, and teams relish that. And I think Leinster relishes that as well. And... Um, you know, coming to your point about obviously Leinster having sent, you know, when we last spoke, sent a slightly depleted side, let's say, uh, to what we might have expected otherwise. Um, I think what people need to try and understand, I think it's, I think people in Ireland do have a better grasp of it, and in, indeed and people in Europe do, but what South African audiences need to try and understand is that when you're competing in Europe as well, as Leinster are inevitably every season, you're fighting a war on two fronts, and it's unusual for South African coaches or South African fans to be in a position where um, squad management is important. Again, this is something that John Dobson was saying in, in, in the, the podcast I was listening to with him, is that we're so used to South African audiences because of the way that Super Rugby used to be structured, where there wasn't a, a break for international rugby. It was very much uh, a linear competition. You'd play your best side every single week, uh, and that would be that. And it's the only thing that was going on. Whereas now you've got International breaks will have another sort of break for the Northern Hemisphere when they have the Six Nations. Uh, and you've also got this concurrent uh, European competitions going on as well. And managing your squad of only so many players across those tournaments and trying to be competitive in both while still building for the future, while still building depth and experience is an incredibly tricky thing for a coach to do. So 
Um, I think that too often, you know, terms like, oh, you're not respecting the opposition gets thrown about, which I, I just think is, is nonsense, because actually you have to look at a season holistically and you have to look at uh, it, you have to really look at it as a campaign. And when you're fighting, as I say, when you're fighting a war on two fronts, then you have to manage your resources very, very carefully. And in a sense, I think that's what the Sharks have done as well. You know, they, they'll know there'll be big underdogs going into this match against Leinster. They know they'll be without some, some key individuals, but they'll also know that it's critical to rest those, those Springbok players as well, knowing that it's a long season yet. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, personally, I just think it's, I think that what you were talking about, the linear structure of a, of a tournament, that's the ideal. If, 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 if all rugby tournaments could be that way, just from a coaching point of view, because the coaches... What, what coach wouldn't want to have their whole squad for an entire tournament and not have to send players back and forth? And it, the thing I never liked about that was that the, it's this weekend's game that's most important. And But what we're doing is we're picking teams based on a game that's four weeks down the line, you know, that kind of way. And it's, it's, just, it's just not ideal. But it's just the reality, like you say. And, and now, obviously, the South African teams have to incorporate that reality as well because they are involved in the, the Champions Cup. I mean, is there – we talked about the, how the, the URC is being seen down there, but now there's a whole new competition into the fray as well with playing French teams and premiership teams as well. I mean, that must be an, an, an extra, extra incentive for fans down there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's definitely going to get the juices flowing um, because I think the Champions Cup was always um, the most followed Northern Hemisphere competition in South Africa, if I can put it that way. So, you know, South African fans might have a passing knowledge of what was going in the, in the – the then the Pro 14 or, or the Pro 12, and they might have a passing knowledge of what's going on in, in the Premiership and potentially in France. But the one that they would follow would be would be European rugby, would be the Champions Cup or the Heineken Cup as it was. Um, and so I feel like they'll they'll have a cognizance of the teams that are strong in that competition. You know, they'll have a they'll have a knowledge of the the Leinsters and and, and obviously the, the Toulouse's and you know the, the big English teams as well. Uh, you sort of your Saracens, so they'll they'll recognise those teams, and it'll be a, a mouthwatering prospect. I think being able to to actually face them. Um, so yeah, I think that South African audiences again they don't really know what to expect because again this is very much new to them. But I think that they'll get right behind it. Um, and I think it's be interesting for for some of the you know the English teams and the French teams coming down to to South Africa as well. And I think that they might have the same the same culture shock potentially as, as some of the URC teams had when they first made the trip down. Um, I, I look forward to seeing, to seeing them struggle a little bit and hopefully, hopefully find out that uh, South Africa is not a very easy place to go and go and get a win. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, you just, you just look at the fixtures. I mean, in Europe, you got to, you know, Sharks, Sharks begin against Quinns, Bulls against Leon and Exeter, and then you got Claremont playing Stormers. There's some amazing fixtures there that uh, that just compound uh, what, what we've already seen from fixtures like this coming up on Saturday. You know, so, so there's definitely a lot to look forward to. Um, I mean, like just just to put, you know, just to give you an idea now. On an overview of the season, like you say, it's a long season. There's a lot that can happen, and it goes right the way through to June, July. But from what you've seen, what teams are kind of standing out to you now from the first? There's been some great results, great performances, exciting finishes in a lot of matches. But uh, what what teams have stood out for you most uh, from the URC so far? I mean, it's it's challenging really to look past, uh, obviously, Leinster, um, but Ulster as well. I thought were on a real roll. Um, and actually, it was a credit to both sides that they managed to play any rugby in the, in the last game because of the conditions which I think were were pretty torrid so I think that Ulster you know they'll look to build on where they were last season and they were they were right in it last season and could you know but for a, for one 
for one kick could, could very well have been in the final. And, you know, once you're in the final, it's anybody's game, really. So I think Ulster's definitely one to watch. Um, Munster, again, are a bit of a rebuild phase at the moment, obviously now on the Roundtree. So we'll see, we'll see how they go. They've had a bit of a rocky start to the season. But again, it's worth remembering that it's not... <laughs> It's very difficult to call at this early stage. I think after four rounds, the Bulls were in 14th spot on the log and then were eventually finalists and, and pushed the Stormers very close. So it is very much um, anybody's game still. I think that the Scottish teams, or particularly Edinburgh, I think, uh, have got a very strong squad at the moment. Obviously, the news today um, being that Duan van der is going back there. He's, he's on a three-year contract back at Edinburgh now, his previous club. So I'm sure he'll, he'll arrive at a, at a good time as well. So I think that they, you know, I think Edinburgh might make, a, might make a bit of a charge. From what I saw of them against the South African teams, they they ran the Bulls very, very close and, and were competitive against the Stormers as well. So um, that's definitely another team to keep an eye on. And then, again, the Welsh teams are sort of a, a bit of an unknown entity, really. I think Cardiff with Talibé Falatau look outstanding, but then would have felt that they should have probably beat the Lions. Um but again, I, I guess I'll just fall back to what I said before, and a bit, it's a bit of a cop out, but it is too soon to really to really pick any bolters. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how the season pans out. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that that's the answer, really. And just just the fact that we've had such good performances in the first couple of weeks by the likes of the Dragons and Zebra, who finished in the bottom two positions last season, is just telling that uh, you know this this phrase that we sort of it was, there was a bit of tongue in cheek, I think, when we started out with this URC equals best league thing um, back at back in the day. But it's uh, it's it's getting better. It's getting better as it goes along, and there's definitely a lot more buy-in, and uh, it is good to see. And there, there, there's a long way to go. This only week of an 18-round uh, competition before the playoffs. So it's definitely a lot to look forward to. Well, listen, um, we're going to leave it there, um, AP. Thanks a million for coming on to the show. And like I say, hopefully we'll have a chat to you soon, like with the big matches against Springboks and more more, more matches against the, the South African sides later on in the competition. So we'll talk to you then. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thanks so much for having me on once again. No problem. Thank you. Well, that's it for our latest pod. Stay tuned to www.harpenandrugby.com during the week for all our regular features. And of course, we'll be given Saturday evening's match the full Harpen treatment with pods before and after, as well as a whole lot in between. So be sure you're following any or all of our social media channels. The links are in the program notes. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Slán.